Welcome to the Writing with Coach McCoach podcast, a podcast for busy writers who want to cut through the fluff with exact strategies for launching their author career. I'm Katie McCoach, your book coach, guide, unqualified therapist, and cheerleader. Since 2012, I've helped hundreds of writers become authors, gain confidence, and grow their best stories yet. Let's do the same for you. This is the Writing with Coach McCoach podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Writing with Coach McCoach podcast. Today, as part of our author interview series, I am interviewing Cheryl Warner. Cheryl is the debut author of the upcoming book, See Me As I Am, from Mortal Works Press, coming out on May 16th, 2023. Admittedly, I'm extremely excited to have Cheryl on today because, full disclosure, Cheryl and I did work on this book together as part of the RevPit contest. And for anyone who is curious about RevPit, RevPit is an annual contest for emerging authors who want to work with a developmental editor and the editors pick one book to work on for free for about six to eight weeks. And so if you want to learn more, go to reviseresub.com. I was I'm going to call myself smart enough to pick your book as the one I wanted to work on. Because I knew when I first read this, I was like, this book is going to be published. And I'm so excited that we reached this point and that we're here and we're talking about your book that is coming out very soon. So Cheryl, I'm so happy to have you on today. Thank you. I'm happy to be on. It's a privilege. Thanks. Yeah. So real quick, let me give you a little bio on Cheryl. Cheryl Warner is a YA author and longtime contributor to Oregon Coast Magazine, whose passions for telling stories stretches back to her childhood. Besides crafting words into images and creating characters that won't let you go, she loves photography, music, and of course, the Oregon coast. She is a former host mom of exchange students from all over Europe and Asia. She and her husband have two grown children and live in the forests of Northwest Oregon. And I, it is not part of her bio, but I'm going to add, if you ever see any of her photos of Oregon, you are very fortunate. They are gorgeous. If you get Oregon Coast Magazine, I, do your photos go in there too? They do, but the uh, magazine has been closed for a few, two or three years through oh, COVID. So yeah. they are available online. A bunch of my stories are online and, and they are linked oh, to my website as well. So if you click on the wow. Oregon Magazine link, it will send you human stories for the magazine. I'm still kind of waiting in limbo. I'm hoping yeah. they have work for me to do eventually. That's fabulous. Well, and it's great too, because, you know, unfortunately that sucks that they're not. That, does, yes. that, that definitely is a bummer, but I'm really glad that you are still writing and you're doing other things in the meantime. So we work together and you have to correct me if I'm wrong. Was it 2018? 2019. 2019. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, so we worked together for a few months on this book and, but it's very cool now that it's coming out with Immortal Works Press. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this book? Tell us about the book, See Me As I Am. See Me As I Am is a um, YA contemporary romance told entirely through the eyes of a blind main character. I did not set out at all to write a disability rep book, mm -hmm. but I ended up with one. And it's her story of, it's her love story, actually. It's a, uh, it's a romance, you know. She is a very capable girl. Mm -hmm. 
who goes after what she wants. And she's a writer and a blogger and what she wants, who she really wants to meet in the interview is a lead singer of her favorite rock metal band from Ireland. The book is set in Oregon. Jenny meets someone through these her efforts to interview this guy, and they develop a long-distance relationship that turns into something really epic as the book goes on. Uh, there's yeah. also family dynamics involved. Um, all the locations are real down to the street names. And then there's a good twist that you there don't There is a twist in it. It is highly emotional. There's yeah. no lack of angst in it. And, and probably my strongest theme in the book, the theme that I'm passionate about actually has to do with love and forgiveness. Mm. But another theme that has come through this is being seen for who you are and not, not how you are labeled. Yeah. The uh, line for the book is, love is a choice, so is walking away. Mm. The phrase love is a choice is spoken in this book, and it's kind of really anchors the story in many ways. So, um, but that is that love is a choice so is walking away is the tagline so it is um i don't know i think it's a really beautiful love story yeah um, but it's told through the eyes of a blind character and so it's um a unique experience yeah it's first person present tense and uh, you'll see the world through her eyes that don't actually see physically but see in many other ways yes and i loved that that was one of the things that really pulled me in when I had read your first pages back in 2019. And it was just how well you were capturing the images and the imagery and the sensations. And even though we were seeing it through a character who literally couldn't see, um, especially like the vibrations and the way you would describe how she was experiencing the scene, the people. And uh, that was one of the things I, I was very, very blown away by. Thank you. Let's talk about your journey of writing this book and then what got you to the point where you're like, okay, I'm going to submit to this contest. Okay. It's a long story and it's one that I hope will encourage people. This story was based on a dream. I literally dreamed the three major scenes in the book. The third scene was the one, Katie, you know, that we had to crop at the end and change. But it was there because it was part of the dream. And I had dreamed it, and it was about the, a girl named Jenny. And um, I was blown away by the dream. I was not in the dream. I just sort of sat here and watched this like a TV show, and I can still remember all the details of it. I dreamed it in February of 1980. Wow. <laughs> 1980. But don't think that I waited all these years sitting on the dream. Within two days of that dream, I was writing a novella, not to publish, just for the fun. A year later, I began the first of three full-length novels that has spanned a good year of my life. Um, the original novel was uh, 100,000 words, not publishable, but I had an agent who believed enough in it to try to help me get there. Wow. And it didn't work. So I shelved it. And I yeah. some books for my kids for the fun and some other projects that I wanted to maybe eventually sell. Mm -hmm. After five years, I went back and picked this book up. It was originally called Touch the Sky. It was the original name. And I read it and I said, wow, this thing's a mess. But if I were to do it again, I would do. And I wrote it again in the mid-1990s under the title of Playing the Game, a dual point of view book, much better story. Nobody was interested in it. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I had a writer friend who told me at one point, she goes, 
think you can sell a book with a disabled character because who would want to read that? And like, oh, wow. Why wow. wouldn't they? She was not blind in the dream, but the blindness was necessary for the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been interested in the blind, and I'm really intrigued with um, guide dogs for the blind. Guide dogs for the, for the blind will receive some proceeds from the sales of my book. Oh, okay. Oh, that's amazing. We have a, a um, campus about three miles from where my character Jenny lives in Sandy, cool. Oregon. So the second version failed. I set it aside and I worked on a number of other projects, including the, the book that is, will be my sophomore novel, the one I'm writing now. And I actually stayed away for 10, 12 years. It just didn't intrigue me anymore. Mm. But eventually I pulled it out, looked at it, and said, oh. And I started thinking about it again and I rebooted a third time. Each of these versions are nothing like they are just radically different. So I rewrote it the third time and I began reading YA. So I began to write YA before YA was really a thing. In the 80s and 90s, it was emerging, but it was very different. In the 2000s, the first decade of the 2000s, um, it was coming into its own. And I began reading this stuff and I decided I was going to write in the voice of YA, which is very voicey, uh, first person, uh, present tense. This is yeah. not but it's the most trending and as such i wanted to do some unique things um my character jenny uh became a blogger so her blog appears there's about eight entries from her blog in this book uh an article she writes is in this book so i started putting all of these things in because again you've seen this done right so um i was dabbling with it while writing on two or three other projects i had a near miss with another book and I went through a period of about five years of not being able to settle on anything. Eventually, it was 2013, I settled and I said, okay, this is it. I began querying it in 2017. Okay. Um, I'm not a fast writer and I'm very meticulous. And uh, forgive me, I edit as I go. Um, <laughs> That's okay. We all have our systems. Well, it's probably because I wrote back when there was no word processing. And if you were going mm. to something up, you better make sure you're happy with it when you type it. Yeah. So um, I've never really changed that. And besides, I can't wait to play, you know, so paragraph one goes down and it's time to play and make paragraph one better. I, anyway, 2017. So I start to um, market this book. I had an agency send me the pool within 24 hours and I was being away. She ended up turning it down. And I can't remember, I think I got a few other requests. I know one of those these requests came from a RevPit editor agent. Yeah. He had the full book. So in 2018, I can't remember where I heard of Red Pit, but I remember connecting with you, I think even before then, along around that time. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to submit to RevPit. Yeah. So I submitted to this editor agent because she already had the book in hand and it was on her you know, to be red list. So I submitted to her and she shortlisted me. I was um, one of the finalists and I didn't win, but I got a life-changing letter from her. It, it, it was a blessing in disguise because when okay. I received the letter, she gave me the two major points that were wrong with the book, which you and I discussed. Mm-hmm. One of them you helped me with, the other one was already finished. Okay. And when I got those things i was completely blindsided by it i was absolutely devastated i was heartbroken because Mm -hmm. these were massive changes that were at the core of the book that i was unknowingly had done and was not my intention Mm -hmm. at all so i went to my first line of defense my husband my son my daughter (laughs) and all three of them said i'll read your book 
Now, I know he doesn't read a lot of fiction, but he's really wise and really discerning. Uh, Her daughter has a PhD in music theory and music history, and she's smart. Uh, She reads mostly fantasy and mystery. Okay. Was a slow reader who now reads Brandon Sanderson like there's nobody's business. Mm -hmm. This guy knows art and character. Unbelievable. When he read my book, he said there were scenes in there that he made him forget reality. He woke up and thought, I'm blind. No, that's the book. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's the book. (laughs) Me and my kids read YA very much. Yeah. He spent about seven hours with me one day giving me his whole diagnosis of the book. Wow. And there is a letter in the latter part of that book. That is credited to Kevin. I wrote it. He was the one who said, we need to know where um, the love interest is coming from. Yeah. The only way we're going to know is if he writes something. That's true. Yeah. That was my son's thing. So my family, they are amazing when it comes to and the the information they gave me. And they said, this agent is right on both counts. Mm. These need to fix. And I had beta readers and and they were giving, one of them came back with the same information. So I said, okay, I'm going to do it. Uh, Point one took me a year to fix it because... Mm. This book has been decades in the making, and even this version of the book is more than a decade in the making. And so it was really hard to change what was, but I kind of knew what to do. Then I thought, you know, I'm going to submit to Red Pit, and I really want to do some on Twitter. It's like, I want Katie McCoach. I really want her to at least see my writing. And Oh, um, my gosh. How funny. That's sweet. <laughs> so we did. And we did that. Red Pit Day. Announcement day. I go out to go running in the woods. <laughs> so I'm not going to sit here thinking about it. I'm just going to go for my run in the woods. I come back to look at Twitter to find congratulations with my name attached to it. And when I saw it, honestly, I cried and I was shaky for about 45 minutes. <laughs> I cannot believe this. This is just incredible that I would be chosen for Red Pit. Yeah. So we started the journey, and you helped me with so many developmental things and to understand the hero's journey, which I had never mm-hmm. known about. I just did it by rote, as it were, not always correctly, but you helped improve so many areas of the book. So um, you and I discussed the possible change to ending, mm-hmm. and then my husband and I discussed it. Mm-hmm. I was lying in bed one night thinking about it, and I got all kinds of ideas, and I can't say too much because of spoilers, but yeah. things the love interest does near the end of the book that changes the story. These things all came to me, and when I discussed them with my husband, driving back from the Oregon coast one night, of course we were, um, we only live an hour away, so we're there a lot. I went over some of these ideas, and he was so on board, especially since some of them address disability, and he is a manager mm. for a company that helps people with developmental disability. And so he was like, yes, he was really on board with this. So that's kind of where that started. And it took a year after you and I worked together. I resubbed my book to you and paid you for your time. Yeah. I heard you recommended me flipping a couple of chapters that I was just like, I can't do anymore. I'm just done. Mm. It took two months to flip them. You nailed it. Those chapters are exponentially better. Oh, good. You because it's so much better. It just kicked it. I mean, you just spotted everything. So, uh, end of 2021, my niece, 
who wants to be a writer. She read the book and then um, one of my betas reread it. And, and they both pointed out these same things. I think my own way of putting those things in, you haven't even read these things in. Oh, exciting. Somebody recently commented on Goodreads. By the way, all of my Goodreads are exponentially high. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and I just want to add a little side note for anyone who's not aware. When a book goes up on Amazon, Amazon does not allow any reviews to go live before the book is released, which is tricky because a lot of times you want to build up reviews, right? But Goodreads yep. does. Yes. So that's very cool because now you're able to see some of these reviews, uh, advanced reviews before the book's released. That's really awesome. I have 16 reviews up now. They are nice. all very high. One of them, I just told the, the writer of the review last night, your quote landed on the back cover of the book. Oh, that's perfect. Wow. Anyway, I took those things to heart. So all of these things happen. So um, after I go back to that with you. I'm like, yeah, the editor agent who had turned me down in 2018 was waiting to read this book. So yeah. two years, two years later, I said, it took me two years to make her changes. I submitted to her. She was ecstatic. She turned it down. I was devastated. But she loved the story, but she wanted, she wanted a different direction with a disability representation book uh, from what she was having for previously. So I knew this wasn't the right person for me, but it was. Yeah. So I continued to query. Then I was introduced to um, Pitman. I was part of Pit Mad for about two years, and I'd always get like one maybe star from somebody I'd never heard of, but I'd keep trying it. And this is how I actually did eventually land my publisher. So I kept working through these through these various things. I had an agent in 2021 show interest in the book. She asked for my uh, body of work and then turned me down. And I that one was probably the most maybe the most painful because I kept feeling like maybe she would have accepted me if she had known that everything I'd listed wasn't stuff I was trying to sell. So mm. I I'd miscommunicated. So that's why it was so hard for me. Here's what I want to say on that is that you are, you're showing a lot of these great pieces of like what it's like to go on the long journey of, I want this published. I, you really wanted an agent. You had some ups and downs with it, but ultimately you made decisions that were aligned with your goals. Yes. You knew the one agent when she came back and said, I would take this book in a different way. And you said, that's not the story I want to tell. And so you knew, okay, it's not the right fit. And then the next time it came up that that's hard that that was crushing, but you also knew you weren't maybe ready to go down that like let me just sell a bunch of work you wanted to write the stories you want to write and find someone who really wanted to do that with you yeah after i made those changes i submitted to pit mad and got two editors publishers both offered me contracts uh oh. not simultaneously the first one offered a contract and my husband and i never felt great about it okay. um made the choice not to go with him. The second yeah. offered the contract, and we spent our time with it, but I chose to go with him. I, yeah. have, I have more questions on that, but I want to just back up for a second and 
So you ended up with a publisher that you ended up going direct with in the fact that you don't have an agent mm-hmm. and and this is a smaller press essentially, but they are a, they they represent authors who are not represented. Uh, yeah, they'll publish authors who aren't represented. They now require an agent. So I really? got to change that. Yeah. Okay. Well, good Especially, for you. Unless it's a special event, they are now requiring agents for them. Wow. Well, that's quite a few books. That's really great. I mean, that is great for you. And also that that also shows like that there maybe couldn't take on everything anymore, right? Like so they're they're growing and they have to maybe be a little more selective. Um, and there's a reason agents are great. They help negotiate and stuff. But so you ended up having to go on this path on your own. Luckily yes. you had your husband. Yes, um, luckily. But tell me, I I'm so curious. You got to a point where it seemed like you know what? If I want to do this, I don't need to wait for an agent anymore. Is that how that sort of? I wanted an agent. It wasn't that. It was that the opportunity came. Yeah. Okay. You know, um, I strongly believe in the power of prayer. And I had prayed a lot over this book for a lot of years. And so I looked at this and said, this is where God is taking me. And this is where I'm going to go. My dream had been big five. Whose dream yeah. is it? You know, the agent, the penguin, random house, you know, cachet, whatever. Um, I tried to write a book that I felt was representative of what I see on the big five market. Um, I utilize a lot of those elements in writing this story, but um, it just wasn't happening. And it was during COVID. And I think my COVID mm-hmm. really happened. The publishing community was really open to a lot of things because people needed reading. It's, my son bought a Lego business at that time because people wanted to do Lego. And mm. uh, these things, books, Lego, yeah. were really um, in demand. But I think as COVID has slid away, the publishing industry, things have shifted. And I think it's become maybe more difficult. Mm. Um, I, after I worked with you, I mean, honestly, in 2017, I thought, I'm going to land in Egypt without too much trouble. Yeah, right. After I worked with you, and it's not working with you, it's how the market runs. I still yeah. thought to land somebody and I didn't. And I thought, I'm not going to quit trying. I did consider self-publishing, but it's daunting to me. I don't want to do any of that myself. Yeah. I, I wanted, plus, I like, I feel legitimized by having a publisher because you have to have earned somebody's respect somewhere along the line to win RevKit, to Assign a contract with an agent or a publisher. I did have an agent offer me a contract in 2018, but she was very, she didn't seem very um, familiar with what she was doing. Mm. I said no, and I don't think she's even agenting now. So I thought, if I have to, I'll self publish, but I'm just going to keep trying this. And um, in 2021, I was already writing my my next book, but I had to set that aside a lot last year make all of these changes to get senior and then my publisher picked me up with my publication date is only two days short of the year of the day I signed so it took them days to produce a book for me and you see the cover I was blown away by the artwork on the cover beautiful anyway I know my I never really gave up the idea of an agent it's just a different path came to me yeah they just between my husband and I, we were like, this first one isn't right. We just didn't feel good about it. They didn't have a very strong YA track record. And they had a huge number of years in the contract. And 
There were just lots of red flags. So we yeah. said, without knowing, yeah, mortal works would come through. And hey, was yeah. you didn't know. Yeah, no, that's okay. But on a Sunday night um, with my husband and daughter at a hockey game in Portland, I got a message from my acquisitions editor at for Mortal Works Press saying it. And she, she said, we all absolutely love your book. And we'd love oh. She said, I'm so excited. I can't wait to share this with you. Yeah, well, if you're sticking with this sort of voice and genre and style, then they picked up one. So yeah, I'm sure that they're going to want to see what more you have to do. I do tend to write across genres a bit, but I, I want to keep with the y, the YA with the um, romance line. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm right now I'm writing mystery romance or romantic suspense or whatever you call it, but it's still YA, it's still voice, right. it's still all of those things. I just wanted to express kind of why um, my journey with an agent and why I walked away from that. And no, I think I that's went, so important. In fact, as I was negotiating with Immortal Works, I had another agent interested in me and, and we did a, few, a kind of a chat, Zoom chat. She was interested, but she wasn't quite for sure. And I didn't feel like she could offer more to me than my publishing. She was going to take me to a small publishing house anyway. So mm-hmm. uh, there was no reason really. She offered to negotiate my immortal work contract. But in the end, uh, my husband and I did it ourselves. I have loved working with them. So I do want to back up a second. And because sure, yeah. I, I do want to hear like, because I remember when we were talking and I know you were just, I really want an agent, really want an agent. And yeah. You know, and I think I I don't I feel like you came to me maybe and and maybe we could talk it through. And I, I if I had said anything, which I don't remember, but I feel like I might have said if they see your vision and believe in it, like then that's a big deal. I don't know if I actually ever said that out loud, but I remember thinking it. And so I, I think that it sounds also through like how excited you are. And how much love they've given you. It sounds like that truly has been the game changer is that this is a company that said, we believe in your story. We want to see it through. We love the vision. And you were all aligned together. Tell us. I want to know a little more about that. I got the pit mad responses from both of these publishers, both of them small. Immortal Works is a publisher from from Utah, they um, only publish, they don't do children's, they do adult, middle grade, and YA. They publish across a number of genres, and a number of their authors write in multiple genres. So this is also a bit unusual. They're very personal hands-on, and the email I got from the acquisitions editor was, she had told me previously, I'm passing this on the chain of command. I love it. We'll see what other people say. And I think there were two people, and probably the head guy, and maybe the head editor that read it. All of them loved it. The editor they assigned me to work with was someone who loved dogs, loved uh, travel, and she just ate the book up. They all have loved it. And I was really afraid that I would have difficulty selling this book for some of the things that I like to do that are a little bit different in a novel. Some of the tropes in romance aren't me. I wanted a strong heroine who's not afraid to cry. I wanted a hero who's not afraid to cry. Yeah, this publisher was just all on board with everything. I felt like they were honest and upfront. They they offered. I was able to negotiate twice as many free copies. What I it's been a great experience sounds like. Yes, would I like an agent? Well, if I needed one, but yeah. you being an agent a percentage of yeah. what you get from sales, exactly. and so 
And originally I said, this is great because my agent's going to take me up to the stars, you know, or, you know. Yeah. But then if you didn't need one, you didn't have to cut the pieces of the, the pie. And so I'm seeing the value of that. Would I get an agent in the future? Maybe. But I don't know. You know, I haven't needed one here. And I have been told the small process can be very personal, give you a lot more control over your work, which they yeah. have. That's what you've experienced. I plan, I've got friends now among their authors. In, oh, in Utah. Cool. I call them my immortal work sisters, and I'm, I'm going oh, to Utah at some that. point. And we're going to go hiking and uh, hang out and meet the editors. And, you know, That's I want I to do an cool. in-person event. I haven't spent much time in Utah, so I need to go there and photo shoot. So, yeah. You know, That's really cool. And it is. it goes to your point that... Yeah, you could have an agent, you could get a, a great deal or just a decent deal um, at a bigger house. But especially for debut author, authors, unless like there's something already going on, a lot of times like you have some celebrity status or something, it is very hard to get a lot of that really good support. And if you're with a big house, right, as a debut. And so here you are and you're getting a lot of control, a lot of support with a smaller press. And I feel like that is something that I don't know if enough authors consider when they're thinking about, well, I don't, I want to traditionally publish and I want a big five, but, but what, what are you going to get out of it totally? And maybe it's more about like, look at what you really want from your partnership. And that's, what's the key. I don't know how long this holds, but um, mm-hmm. my understanding from my publisher is that I can direct submit the next Very book, cool. but you know, I don't know how long that offer is available for, and I have a ways to go. But that kind of thing, and because I like to write some things that are a little unique, years ago, my goal was to write Christian fiction, and that's okay. the market I was headed for, but they do not publish YA unless you are in-house and really have a standing with them. Oh, but Immortal wow. Works will. They're open to a lot of different things. So for me, that might be the direction since I want to go into that. Um, I mentioned God a couple of times and see me as I am. I have themes of love and forgiveness. My current book will say a little bit more, but again, not heavy handed, just yeah. something that people can think about, but you know, I'm not preaching to anybody, you know, just I have to say that and why readers are notorious for because they're teenagers. They know when you're preaching those teenagers, oh, yeah. are like oh, you're out. I'm not <laughs> I'm not putting up for this. So it doesn't matter what you if you yes. preach in any way about anything, they will find it and they will be like, I'm out. So it is it's it's a tricky line. It's very cool that you are writing for a YA audience. And I think you have really done a great job with the voice Thank and it's you. totally your style. But it is. It is tricky because the teenage readers, they're picky, right? Like they, <laughs> they've got certain expectations. You know, I don't know if I've even had any. I think I've had one or two maybe teen readers, but none that I've honestly at this point have marketed and focused more toward adult readers of YA because that's who I yeah. am. And that's the people yeah. I know. That's being said, I'm <laughs> doing an appearance in a, one of our local high schools. Um, oh, good. Been, That's really yeah, cool. a week, a week, and the um, librarian of Sandy High School, where my character goes to school, is very interested in this very book. Very cool. I'm, I'm having a harder time in some ways reaching with the schools because I think it's because of the the timing of the release. School's getting out; they're having grad. Oh. You know, so I've reached yeah. out, got a couple interested, but you know, a lot of this is probably going to have to push to the fall um, mm. with 
you know, when they have time to deal with it. But um, so I hope to be able to connect with YA with actual teen readers. Yeah. Because on Twitter and Instagram, I'm connected with adult readers of YA. Yes, which we are. We are a big market, too. I mean, yes, yes, all readers of YA is huge. Absolutely. And that's funny that you pointed out because I haven't really thought too hard about that before. But it's true. There are so many adult readers who love YA. I love YA. I've been curious about this. And I know we've kind of talked about it a little before, but I want to hear about your experience about the fact that you have written about a blind girl and I know that I think at some point I was like, you got to make sure that you have at least one, but if not more readers who are actually blind, read this and give you insight. And sometimes people call these sensitivity readers. Now, how, tell me about that process. Have you had readers on this who are blind? I have one okay. TV reader um, who is blind. And I probably, well, actually, I had another one, um, an adult of some time ago, but then she got busy and wasn't able, she got busy pursuing either a master's or a PhD. And yeah, she was oh, good excuse. <laughs> but I spent a day with her in, in Portland. Um, we, she showed me her tech. This was back in like 2014 or 15. So it was some time ago, but she showed me her iPhone. She showed me her uh, Victor reader stream that she uses. We went for a walk with her guide dog. Uh, she had some partial vision, but she had, kids, you know, and, and so she just answered all my questions. And I had a very key question that deals with part of the book. This is how I ended up connecting with her. And because it's an epic spoiler, I can't explain it to the audience. But <laughs> um, she was able to confirm something that I wanted to write into the book and say, yes, this has happened to me. This is realistic, what you've written. It's happened to me twice, actually. And she gave me her stories. And it was really encouraging because I talked to another blind person who said, no, that would never happen. But mm. These were two different, you know, okay. blind people, you know, different for different people. But this woman yeah. had experience. So then I was able to find someone who is blind and she didn't have any corrections for me. I, I believe surely there must, you know, it would have been nice to have found, you know, another couple or two. But um, she has read my book maybe a dozen times. I don't know. Oh, wow. Over and over. My publisher this is an aside, but they do um, ebook and, and paperback. But yeah. they, so you also sign up for audio, and audio isn't a guarantee, but it's a goal. So yeah. with the blind audience, this was something that that we talked to about yeah. uh, with the publisher. But usually, the audio is maybe two or three years down the pipe. So I have a blind guy in my church, and him and his wife, and she's not blind, but she loves audio books. I'm just kind of bummed that you know. They're going to have to because he really wants to read the book. So, yes. And you're, so tell me your, um, you, the, but your sensitivity reader, what were some, I mean, was she like, this is what it's like? Um, I love, like, I want to know, did she like seeing a character, main character who had the same disability as her? I believe she did. Um, I believe she did. I mostly remember her just gushing about the story. She was sending me updates as she read it. Oh. We talked about there being a twist and she was like, oh, my gosh, you didn't do this. And I was like, this isn't, this isn't. And I couldn't tell if she liked it or not, but I know she did. It just really took her by surprise. Yeah. Um, so cool. Just, so, um, but she didn't really have anything to say as far as anything that I might have, could have done better. 
So um, in that respect, I didn't really get any collections from her in any sense, but I got a lot of reading and um, she read it a bunch of times. Um, from the ARC readers, I'm getting a lot of comments on the fact that um, the main character is blind, that they love the blind representation. With um, dealing with the disabled community, um, my husband and I um, both I work just a couple hours a week, and I, right now I'm on a hiatus, but um, with someone disabled, my husband works with the disabled, my church has a ministry to the disabled. And these people are so amazing. You just wouldn't believe what they contribute to society until you've met them. And so to give representation to one of these populations, yeah. just one of them, is very cool. And um, yeah. people are really pointing that out. And also the fact that my character, Jenny, she makes a point. She wants to be seen for who she is and not how she's labeled. Yeah. So these were not themes I planned to um, with this story. I just wanted to tell this beautiful love story. Yeah. come out. And I think they're very appropriate for yep. such a time as this. Um, that I think they resonate with a lot of people. And I'm seeing this over and over and over in the reviews. The word resilient has been used mm. for my re readers to describe Jenny. I don't know if you have, but you've said others, at least someone has cried reading that. that oh one yeah. <laughs> right. I have a beta. I met her at, uh, through Pitmad who um, said, I want to pick your brain. I'm one of her books that she was working on was about a guy that was blind. So I so we connected, we talked. I offered the book to her and she's like, Oh my word, you trust it with me. This was before it was a you know, it was still manuscript. She mm -hmm. read it. She said she started to at that twist point there. She said, I she said I cried. And then in her review, she said, I started crying about 50 pages out and never stopped to the end. And she and <laughs> that letter thing, yeah, that would nailed her to the wall. And she oh. said, I don't cry. I do not cry hardly ever. And yeah. she read it the second time and she cried again. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's I feel thing. like I might have even, I feel like, I feel like I remember that I might have even cried because you did a great job with this. And uh, I, I really love this book. I'm so glad that it is out in the world. It's about to be, it's about damn time. <laughs> I was just like giving up hope. One of the couple things that I want to say that I want to convey. And I've had a chance to present this to other people, and it has been encouraging to them. I've been embarrassed because I'm in my mid-60s. I've been writing since age 12. It's taken me more than four years through the journey with this book. It's taken me more than probably 25 years on this book alone. And mm -hmm. that just to me isn't acceptable. But um, never give up, you know, never yeah. give up. If I just sold that Touch the Sky version, it was horrible. If I had sold playing the game, it didn't cut it. Maybe nobody wanted to read about a blind person mm. back then, but they want to now. So anybody, I, I now, have to, you know, I'm okay with owning my age. I struggle with the fact that my journey was so long. But, you know, there's reasons why things are. And I believe that yeah. God uses things. And so maybe my journey is for someone else, you know, yeah. to see that don't give up. You can still get there in the end. And what you'll end up with in the end is so much better than what you had at the beginning and all the pain and tears. It's a learning curve. You're going to be happy at the end. Don't just say, well, I'm in my 60s. It's too late to publish a book. And I'm not somebody who began writing in my 60s. I wrote like a maniac as a teenager. I didn't want to try to publish until I was in my 20s. But I mm. thought it would happen in my 20s or my 30s. And here I am, 66, 
almost 67 and I write YA of all things. But yeah. I met another YA writer who's or two that are my age. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. do it. Whatever you do want, it. you know, I go for that. it. You. Uh, that's amazing and so true. And I think the one I've found that the people who end up I wouldn't say just getting published, but reaching their goals are the ones who are like, well, it's going to happen. I'm just going to keep doing it until it happens. And you have been that like every time I, I know that you've had hard times and you've dipped a bit and even in the years we've worked, but I never lost faith that it was going to happen because I knew you Thank were just you. Gonna keep going forward. Writing is my passion. And yeah. I would write if nobody would read, read my yeah. work. I would write novels if it was just among my family. I did that for yeah. 40 years. 50 years. And so mm-hmm. I, I would do that, you know, so there was no reason to quit. It was just yeah. discouraging and heartbreaking at times, but right. I always knew it wasn't the right time yet. Yeah. Just so you keep, waiting. Yeah. You keep doing what you're doing. Um, I kept improving seeing me as I am the whole time until yeah. 2021 when I started in on this book, Dead Reckoning. And I said, okay, I'm starting something new and it was refreshing and awesome. And it is, yeah. but you want to sell a book that you've invested all this time in. One thing I will say, and this is what the other thing I was going to make, is I am really passionate about books that have a lot of heart and a lot of emotional gut punch to them. So what I'm writing now is the same thing, but in an entirely different way. And probably everything I write will reflect that because in a good way, I want people to walk away from something. You read a lot of books. I read a lot of books. A few of them stick with me. And usually it's because they've done something unusual or they've really impacted me emotionally somehow. And it gives it stick to itiveness. And so that's what, so I don't look at myself as saying, okay, I'm a YA romance writer. I am a writer of YA books that are going to have that kind of power behind them. And that's yeah. probably just looking at different genres because I feel like you, you can't duplicate See Me As I Am over and over. I really wanted a sequel to it. But um, the story is really complete. I had a hard time letting go of wanting to continue Jenny's story, but um, I came to the conclusion that it is completed. Um, I can put some little shorts and things up, you know, shorts yeah. on my website. I'm interested in that. But, you know, that it was time to find another story with the same powerful, emotional, long character, relationships, backstory, and really powerful storyline. And that's kind of where I want to be and what I want to do, because those are the stories that stick with your mind. I'm excited because as much as I love Jenny and the love interest, I, and like, yes, it would be fun to follow her against, but at the same time, to know what you were able to put into these characters, I want to see what else you can do for another okay. set of characters, you know, no. like, so I'm excited to, I want to keep seeing the new characters and the new romances you create, because I know if you, how powerful this is, and that's like your your voice that's part of who you are as an author yeah i think it is i I do really feel like this this has like a a very like epic romance just so i don't know it's it's very moving the story is very moving and really hopeful um and it just gives you like the good feels and so but it yeah it'll send you on a journey it's not all you know rosy you know so i i love the balance that you created in this story and i cannot wait for others to read it Ugh. and i can't wait to get my copy so i can also read it again in its final version i'm very excited to be able to i'm definitely going to get a copy so i can put it on my shelf back behind me and have it up i'm very excited to add it to my client bookshelf and um 
Yeah, this is very cool. So, and I'm so glad that it was a great experience for you. So I, at this point, you have answered so many questions and giving so much great advice, especially for other writers, which is a really big part of why I do this interview series, because there are so many paths to getting published and to meeting your dreams. And you did it in a way that you originally did not see happening this way. But look at like the gushing that you're experienced, like the, the excitement, the support from your publisher. It's, it's very cool. I'm very excited for you. I'm just hoping I can get it um, out there enough for people to know about it. But I wanted to comment on something you said about how it all pulled together and everything. Yeah. A lot of that goes to you because you read the version before when the ending was wrong. I, I rewrote 150 pages. Mm. The first probably 50, I was able to adjust. The last, what it, maybe it was 100, whatever. But there was 50 pages I cut and replaced with 70 pages. So all of that journey at the end from the point of, of the climax from that point yeah. had to be changed. But the journey of, um, I, I did, can't be too spoilery, but there's yes. the journey of the choices that my character makes, which mm-hmm. is making choices. You were part of that. And my husband was part of that. Yeah. And I had no clue where to go with that because that was wrapped up with something completely different, tied to the dream that happened in the mm. dream. And we said, this is works and this is beautiful. And um, my family said, no, this doesn't work. And um, no, it didn't work. So a lot of that credit, honestly, does go to you. It goes to, um, and, and I hashed it out with you and with my husband. Yeah. When we worked Red Pit, I was up a creek. And I remember feeling sad. I've got a book with no any. And the journey I took wasn't the one I wanted to take. I wanted something that resolved quicker. Quicker mm. was wrong. Yes. <laughs> the process that it went through was exactly right. Not only, I mean, quicker in the, in the resolution. I wanted things to be resolved sooner. But no, this needed to happen this way. And when I sent yeah. it to you and you, I had you, um, you read, I think, the whole book, but you only focused on working on the last part of it. <laughs> Ask me to change those two chapters. I remember my husband and I went for a walk in, in the forest and uh, where we live. And it was like, <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. He said, you don't have to. I didn't feel like I had anything left. I said, okay, you know, it needs to be like this. with the shot. And I told you, it took me two months to put two chapters around. They rock. They absolutely rock. And that's yeah. not true. It rock stars. But, um, <laughs> and, and if you had suggested that, I would never have written it that way. And it is so much more powerful. It just that's really awesome. picked it up a notch. So yeah. um, all of those things, I credit so much of that to you. Oh, um, that's that. I'm and helping me work through that to realize yeah. that you put the wrong ending. And what I might do to... The search for the right one. When you look back and you go, you think about the process, like I'm sure it is a little overwhelming if you think too much about it is the time that was spent and the the rewriting and stuff. But, um, and it's funny because you said, you know, you edit as you go because in a way you were trying to avoid doing that (laughs) and then you still had to. Um, and it just goes to show that sometimes like our stories need something that. In the end, it's going to suck at some point, but in yeah. the end, we're going to be so glad we did it. And I yeah. think that was what I would maybe try to always say to you was like, you know, like you were, I remember you being frustrated like this is taking a while. 
And I, I remember just feeling like, but it's going to be worth it. And now you're saying like everyone is, you know, you're going to have a varying degree of how people respond, but so far you're getting this response. Like this, this made it worth it. This change and the effort you put in was what was needed. hundred percent. Well, the reason it was so hard was because of the long history. You know, if I yeah. in a year, I, I just envy people who write books in six months or a year, because if I had done that, that'd be a piece of cake. But yeah. you heard the history, the version you read alone had a, a decade of work in it. Yeah. So it was cemented in my mind. So there are other reasons too. Another reason why I have edited as I go is because it eliminates imposter syndrome for me. Mm. Since that I have, I really don't suffer from that as a writer. I think it's because... Yeah. I never look at anything that if I don't like it, nobody's going to see it. And I have people who are beta reading Dead Reckoning now and is only half written, but that's because it's readable. But this has been really helpful for me to avoid imposter syndrome. Um, that and the fact that I have the history of being published in magazines. And it's great that you found a system because what writer doesn't deal with some sort of yeah. challenge? And yeah. so... You have found, I guess, in your case, the hack that has allowed you to be like, that's not something that it I'm going to let him. Im- yeah. I think it would be better um, to adjust my, my style. But, you know, the, the very old dog has a hard time with a new trick. And honestly, I just love getting there and playing with something that's kind of good, but all of a sudden just leaps off the page. Yeah. It's my momentary satisfaction. So that's I do write fabulous. That. It makes yeah. it possible for me to show people anytime or you know kind of what's happening because it's not messy but it does require a lot of back-end work i remember finishing seeing me as i am thinking how am i ever going to write another book again because of how much work it was and how hard it was to get to get a publisher but of course i'm writing another one i mean right i, I mean it's so then the other option is what you just don't write so <laughs> you, you write for fun i mean that was great yeah. when your books are little. you know when your son is old enough and you want to write some fun stories that's great but you know after a while they outgrow that and they want to read brandon sanderson and, and i can't write like him um he's good but i can't write like him so um then you're just doing it for your own satisfaction and there's nothing wrong with that a lot of people write for their own satisfaction yeah. Well, and to your point on like, uh, well, then all the work I'm going to be putting in the future. And it's like, but if you wanted to avoid all that work, then you just would stop. Right. So you might be whether you're writing for to get it sold or you're writing for yourself, which I think deep down, we're always writing for ourselves. I think so. I think you have to be. Yeah, you're going to you know what? It's step by step. And just like, although this took a long time and I know ideally you don't want that to happen again. Um, it, if for, I have two points that one is, I believe that it won't because of what you've learned through the process. And now you're going to, you are a different writer. It's like when you have your second kid, although I have not experienced this, you're not the same parent. There's no possibly way you could be the same parent to, to kid number two, because You've been through so much, right? So it's the same as when you're writing your next books. Every book is going to be different because you are a different writer at that point. Um, and then my other point is the option of not chugging forward or chugging along and just keep doing what it requires is that you just don't do it. And so that doesn't sound that great either, right? So you pick the one that's going to make you feel good in the end. Well, especially since I dedicated my life to doing this and I did yeah. it. I mean, I was going to be a nurse at one point in time, hmm. and I was in, I was 17 years old and visited the nursing school in Portland. I was like, I want to write. 
So I could have been making, I got two nurses in the family, they make bucks. I could have been making a lot of money, but I wanted to write. So it took me decades to get there. But you know, in the interim time, raised two kids, I've hosted 15 some exchange students in some form or another. Husband and I ran a pizza business for 20 years. Um, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, my word. We had, we probably had over 15 stores over the time. We, we wow. one of them and had them across around the state of Oregon. And, you know, we did that. We've done a lot of travel. We've traveled a lot with our kids. Um, done a lot of church ministry. I play keyboard in my church band. So, and I did a lot of <laughs> synthesizer keyboard work for years. So, um, so yeah, you hear about synthesizers in my rock band because yeah. that's that is my instrument. And cool. I um, so um, I look back and say, you know, I maybe could have made this happen sooner if I didn't have all these other areas of my life. But, you know, life is more than just writing. It's, it's having someone you love. It's having a family. It's doing it with a family. It's going in yeah. and experiencing things and, and living it. And so and out of that comes your experiences to write. So, um for a number of years, I needed to work part time. Um, now I'm not going to retire. So, yeah, 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 I can write all the time. Uh, <laughs> yes, it'll go faster now. Whatever happens in the future with whatever I write, there's a book out there that's published and it's legit, legitimized. Um, yep. And so I've always felt like I was a writer, but now I can say I'm an author. So that's cool. You and are a published fun. author. It was worth it's- it, worth all the journey. Obviously, I'd do it again because I am doing it again. Anyway, I'm grateful to you. I owe a lot to you. Yeah. Well, it was a joy working together. I it's it's so nice to see this one come out because I did. I never thought that it wasn't going to get published. I just I just knew that. I mean, as long as you were not going to give up. So I knew that you weren't even when it was hard. And so I knew eventually we would see it and it would be the right situation when we did. And now look, it is coming out. And the book cover is gorgeous. Everything about it is like, this is the book that needed to exist. This is the version of it that needed to yes, exist. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which is so cool. Okay. So it was so fun to have you. I'm going to wrap it up. And yes. uh, I am so glad that you shared so much information today. A lot of really in- insightful things for other writers. But for any writer or reader, anyone, honestly, this book is definitely worth a read. I think for if a writer were to look at this and be like, I need an example of how to really do a good job with creating sensations and visuals and imagery and feelings, especially without using one of the senses. This is one of the books like this should I it'll be really fun to see it myself and read it again. Um, and I won't be surprised if I contact you a few months later. I'm like, hey, can I like use some of this for my class as examples? Because absolutely, it's it's that was the first thing that really pulled me into your writing. And you had already done such a great job. And now, of course, by now it's as strong as it possibly can be. And I'm I'm just very excited that to be part of it and to see it out and that you had a great experience overall. So see me as I am. Cheryl Warner comes out May 16th. It's on Amazon paperback and Kindle that you can get it on May 16th. And um, you also sell it through the, Mer- the Mortal Press. Press. Okay. Mortal Works Press. Yes. But it's also on Barnes and Noble online Perfect. as well. 
That's amazing. So, yeah, my husband found it on some smaller bookstore too. So oh, cool. And then so, hopefully you'll be in Powell's and and in libraries and stuff. And so that'll be really awesome too. Yeah, hopefully. So thank you so much. I appreciate you so very yes. much. If anyone wants to follow Cheryl's journey or see more about the book, um, please go to her website at CherylWanner.com. And I will post all of the links of things that we talked about today and all of her social links. But really quick, if you want to hear from Cheryl on Twitter, she is at Cheryl. On Instagram and Facebook, it's Cheryl Warner author. So... I am really excited for you. Um, see me as I am debut novel. This is this is going to be great. I can't wait. I, I definitely can't wait to read those good re- good reads reviews and um, yes. and then see once Amazon allows the reviews to see them go live on five sixteen. Yeah. Um, also, I was going to say I do have uh, my website does have a blog, so I just oh, have fabulous. Yeah, I have one entry, and it's uh, a little bit about my. Um, it's called Waiting on Your Dream. So, and I oh, um, I utilize yes. a lot of photography in it, and I, it's tied into my uh, trip last Ooh. year to, to Rocky Mountain National Park, which was a fifty year dream to get there, and it was worth wow. it. So, about fifty years to get here as a published author too. So. That's fabulous. Yeah. And your photos are gorgeous. I love is that you've included one of your photos as your banner on your website. Yes, that is. Cliffs. Yeah. A year ago, um, North Oregon coast. Very cool. Yeah, thank you. And just as a little side note to anyone listening to this, also, like I've been interviewing Cheryl and she's literally sitting in front of the most gorgeous backdrop (laughs) of the freaking forest. (laughs) yes you are in the forest of Oregon it's very cool I I love that you incorporate so much of where you live and what you love about where you live into your stories and I can't wait for others especially anyone in the Pacific Northwest to really read this and love it too thank you I'm so excited for you all right Cheryl thank you so much for being with us today thank you until next time keep growing writer 